Well, we're getting ready to dive into the word of God for tonight. If you've got notes or for those of you that might type it into the comments, uh, the title tonight is Understanding the Blessing. Understanding the Blessing. And this is the first part of a brand new series that we're starting tonight. And the title of the message is called Abraham's Blessing is Mine. Father, we thank you for this another opportunity to meditate your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We ask that you shine the light of your word to us tonight by the Holy Spirit. Help us see it. Help us get it. Your word to us in the name of Jesus. We pray that revelation knowledge will flow freely and uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic force. We pray over the computer system over the camera system, the microphone, the lights, everything that it takes in order for this message to be transmitted. We pray on the receiving side, everyone that desires to be online and be connected, let their systems work, their televisions, their computers, their phones, that there will be no prevention or hindrance of this word going forth in Jesus' name. We give you all the glory Amen. Amen. Open with me, if you would, to the book of Galatians chapter three. It's going to be the main focus for tonight. It is where we left off. If you remember on overtaken, I believe it's the fourth part. In Galatians chapter three, this time we're going to look at verse five through nine, and then we're going to look at 13 and 14 and finish with verse 29. Here it says, he, therefore, that ministers to you the spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God and it was counted accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye, therefore, that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Then in verse 13, he says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise? So now, if you've just joined us tonight, hello, glad to be with you, glad to, that, that you're online. Please let us know in the comments that you're here. I can see who's connected uh, when you comment. And then also, please, uh, while I'm reading these scriptures, take a moment to share this on your Facebook page. Uh, you can share it from YouTube to your Facebook page, and that will allow other people not, not familiar with Faith Family to get an opportunity to get in on this message. There's one other foundational text before uh, we, we go further. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5 and verse 7, it says, To get wisdom, get understanding. 
do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. So I'm using these two passages of scripture as we start this series called Understanding the Blessing. We're starting this tonight and we invite you back over the next several weeks on Wednesday nights. This series is for those who highly value the blessing. Do I have anybody online tonight that highly values, not just, I'm not talking about an ordinary appreciation of the blessing, but you have come to highly value. Yes, I, I, I can sense it in my heart. Many of you are just like I am. We've seen something by the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and we have latched on to it. We've locked into it. Now, when we hear songs about the blessing, when we see scriptures that are about the blessing, when we hear messages, I don't know what it's like for you, but when I'm scrolling through YouTube and looking at any message that's about the blessing, man, I get excited and I get stirred up about it. As a matter of fact, I saw a scripture. Uh, Maybe somebody can put this in the the comments. Psalm 109, stanza 17. Uh, It's a Psalm of David, and he's talking about people uh, that that have been accusing him, that have been persecuting him. Um, And obviously, this is a bad guy. And it says, uh, as he loved cursing, so let it come to him. Talking about people that were against David. He said, well, you know, as they love cursing, let it come on them. And then he said, as he did not delight in blessing, so let it be far from him. Uh, Maybe somebody could put in the comments, delight in blessing. And so this series is for those who delight. You know, the scripture tells us to delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, I believe that delighting in the blessing of the Lord will cause our heart's desires to come to pass. As a matter of fact, uh, the opposite of this verse is true as well. He's talking about an individual that was wicked. And he says, as he did not, this wicked person who did not delight in blessing, he says, so let it be far from him. And sadly, Uh, There are not only some wicked people that don't delight in the blessing. There are some born again folks that don't delight in the blessing. And guess what? It's far from them. But if we turn that around for those that delight, come on, be excited with me tonight. For those that delight in blessing, that's Psalms 109, 17. Those that delight in blessing, it won't be far from us. It's going to be near to us. In the name of Jesus. Now, the goal of this series is simply to understand blessing more than we have before so that we can walk in the fullness of blessing. We want to understand it. Like he said in Proverbs, to get wisdom and all thy getting, get an understanding. I have learned so much about blessing over the past two or three months uh, since we've been in this vein. Uh, It's actually been more than two or three months. It's already two months into the year. But um, I have been so fired up. It has truly, quote unquote, blessed my life 
to see what we together have been seeing on these Wednesday nights. And I'm starting to understand it more and more. And that's what I want to uh, make available by the spirit of wisdom to you is that we understand how blessing works, you know, why the blessing is significant, you know, what it is and, and, and how it works. Praise God. We want to understand as much about it as we can in the name of Jesus. We even want to know what can stop it from working in our lives. I don't know what's coming next after this series, but in me, Years ago, I preached a message, a message series called Blessing Blockers. I think it was called Unblock Me. And I'm already stirred up to talk about things that can block the blessing from flowing in your life. This is the beginning of it as we are understanding blessing. Tonight, we're going to pick up really where we left off in the last series. And we're calling this message, Abraham's Blessing is Mine. Um, there used to be a song that that was sung and, and it, actually several songs that are talking about the blessing of Abraham and that Abraham's blessing is mine. I'm blessing the city, blessing the field. Abraham's blessing is mine. Well, is that a reality in your life? Maybe you're a new believer or maybe you've been around church for a long time and th that's not a revelation to you. Um, and so we're going to look at this tonight. Because it's important for you and I to understand that the same blessing that God released upon Abraham and his descendants is our blessing. Whoo, glory. I get excited about that. That's what we're looking at tonight. So in this, we will see specifically what blessing or whose blessing we will be tracking in Scripture. When we study the blessing on these Wednesday nights, the, the, what we've studied with Jacob's ladder and overtaken and now into understanding blessing, whose blessing is that? What blessing is that? And as we continue, we want to know how this blessing relates to you and I. Essentially, we will be understanding Abraham's blessing as you're about to see through this word tonight. So let's go ahead and, and dig back into this text and we'll just take our time in Jesus name. In Galatians chapter three and verse number five, it says, therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, again, some, so many times we read our chapters and without a study of God's word, we read by uh, some big ideas and concepts. So let's not miss something here that the spirit of God wants to bring forward. He, he's writing to the church and this is Paul, the apostle. He established the church in the region of the Galatians. And uh, either he's talking about himself or others that are ministering to the church there. He asks a question. He says, the one who supplies the spirit to you. Now, uh, one of my assignments is to uh, um, uh, to minister the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's one of the functions of your pastor. You know, for those that haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that don't speak in other tongues. Well, that's a part of my calling is to not only minister salvation, 
not only to baptize people in water, but to to minister the Holy Spirit to them. So evidently he's talking about a person. And, and we know ultimately everything we do as, as pastors and ministers, bishops and apostles, we do it in the ministry of Jesus. We know that Jesus is working through us uh, to minister to God's sheep. And so whether it be Jesus or the use of the, the gifts of God, he asks a question that should be answered. He says, the person who, who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you. Amen. When we lay hands on the sick and the sick recover, when we speak bold prophecies and, and exhortations and they come to pass, miracles are happening. He says, that person that does it, I have a question for you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, that's a very interesting question. Does he do it by the works of the law? In the law, they had commandments. But he, he, he contrasts that by the hearing of faith. Well, we know that in the New Testament, they're not functioning under the works of the law or the commandment. I like what I saw when I read this is the guy that's ministering, your pastor, your evangelist, your, those that are ministering the Holy Spirit, those that are working in, uh, miracles among you, those that are, 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 are ministering by the Spirit, are they doing it because they're commanded to or because they're persuaded to? Well, immediately when you put it like that, I'm, I'm leaning towards they do it because they're persuaded. I know for me as a pastor, why am I doing what am I doing? We kind of talked about this on this past Sunday. Man, I'm doing it because I am absolutely persuaded. Listen, if you don't, I'm one of the happiest people on the planet. I am in the joy of the Lord. I am doing what I was born to do. I'm, I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a father, and I'm your pastor. Oh man, I'm living the life, okay? Right? Now, now am I doing what I'm doing in ministering to you because I'm commanded to or because I'm persuaded to? I submit to you not. I believe God God's commanded me and instructed me, but really, I believe I'm doing it because I'm persuaded. I am absolutely convinced that there are people online tonight that are going to be blessed through the hours of preparation that it's taken me to get to this moment. Ooh, glory to God. So let, let, let's move past this, but let's look at this expression, the hearing of faith. The minister heard something by faith and they were persuaded about it and then did it. The reason why I point that out is because of what he says in verse six. So in verse six, he says, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So now in, in order to understand verse six, you got to understand verse five. And essentially, you'd have to say that the guy in verse five, he did it because he was persuaded to it. He heard something and he had faith as a result. Faith is a firm persuasion. It's a conviction based upon hearing. So the guy that works miracles among you, the guy that's that's ministering the Holy Spirit to you, he's not doing it because of something written in the law. He's doing it because he's persuaded. He's persuaded by the hearing of faith. And Abraham was the same way. 
Abraham heard something, not just a command, but something that persuaded him. It was the hearing of faith. When he, when he believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Somebody put this question in the comments for me. Was Abraham commanded to or persuaded to? We know Abraham's story. God showed up in Genesis chapter 12. He says, get out of your country, get out of your land and go to a place where that I'm going to show you and I will bless you and I will make you a great nation and, and I will bless those that bless you. I'll curse those that curse you. And in you shall all nations of the earth. Now, now what is that? That's a promise, right? And essentially God preached the gospel, which we're about to get to. And the gospel is essentially that if you if you do what I tell you to do, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to say something good about your life that's going to enable you to prosper. Man, I'm getting so stirred up. I got to calm down. Was Abraham commanded to or was he persuaded to? I believe with all my heart, he was persuaded by God to do what he did. Let's look at verse seven. In verse seven, it says, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. The reason why this is important and you don't want to you know, miss this is because it applies to you and I. See, it, 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 read it. He says, know ye therefore, he says, therefore, as a result of Abraham doing it because he was persuaded to faith and the example of those that are in the church among you doing it as because they because of the hearing of faith, you also, which are of the hearing of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Again, man, if you just go by genetics and and ancestry.com, there's no way that we could, you know, confidently say that we are Abraham's descendants. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe a person from Israel or maybe someone of a Jewish descent, but not just everybody. What, how do you and I become a child of Abraham? Watch this. So my question to you are you they which are of faith? I know we call ourselves Faith Family Church. Uh, our sons, they call it Faith Church. And mommy, daddy, are we going to Faith Church, right? And we are a faith church and we preach faith. And as a result, people hear faith through the messages that we preach. My question to you is, are you being persuaded by the hearing of faith? Are you persuaded that 2021 is going to be a year of elevation for you? That God in this year is picking you up and throwing you beyond a usual mark. You know, we took a whole month to persuade you, right? To speak words in your hearing to not there, not that there's any proof. 2021 could be worse than 2020, right? For some, but, but, but if you heard what God said, through his gifts and you were persuaded by it, then you could say, yes, I am persuaded by the hearing of faith, but not everybody is of faith. 
Um, if, if you are so, then you are, according to this verse, look at it again, Galatians 3 and 7, it says, Know ye therefore, in the same way that Abraham heard faith, believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, in the same way as the ministers that working among you are doing it because of the hearing of faith, you also, if you are hearing faith and are persuaded by it, you are a child of Abraham. Woo! <laughs> that was worth you coming out tonight. Now watch this. Why is this important, Pastor Stan? I am so glad you asked. Look at verse 8. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you, all nations shall be blessed. Now, in, in times past, we've talked about the gospel. Uh, I was listening to my father preach this past Sunday, my father and my mother in Detroit. And um, he made reference to the gospel as glad tidings of good things. And that just stirred, stirred in me real, real deep. We've been defining this gospel that God preached to Abraham. And if you just slip into that definition, glad tidings of good things, it fits what we've defined. We said that the gospel is if you do what God tells you, or, or if you do what God persuades you to do, then he will bless you. Isn't that right? That the, the fullness of the blessing of the gospel, what God showed when God showed up to Abraham, he said, if you do what I tell you, then I'm going to bless you. Right. Well, what does bless mean to bless means to say something good about someone or something that enables them to prosper and succeed. So we understand very clearly what's happening here in this verse. But I want you to know something very specifically, though. He says, and the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. We focused on preach the gospel to Abraham, but let's roll back for a minute because he's speaking to us through this passage about us having Abraham's blessing. And he says the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles. Now, let's talk about that word Gentiles. We talked about Ancestry.com. I don't know where they would find me, right? You know, I don't, I don't know essentially where uh, I come from. Um, my my mother-in-law was doing some stuff on some Ancestry.com and saw that my grandfather's family came from Georgia. Okay, well, that's pretty cool, you know, but you know, where did they come from? You know, well, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe, you know, my ancestors came over on a slave ship uh, from Africa. I, you know, I don't know. But listen to me, child of God. He uses this word Gentiles. Now, I don't know if you've ever text somebody. I ran into this Gentile the other day. <laughs> we don't use that word. And so when we're reading the Bible, if we don't study the Bible, then we can read by stuff and not know whether it applies to us or not. If you will allow me, child of God, in this time that we have to help you in understanding this verse of scripture so that you can see how 
this blessing applies to your life. Watch this. When you look it up, it's actually a unique word. Um, and it really just talks about uh, people in a group. And it's a very generic definition. One part of the definition that interested me was when it said people who do not worship the true God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, let me help you with that. People who do not worship, and you could put that in the comments for me. People, a Gentile, it, it refers to people who do not worship the true God. And then also put down 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 32. In verse 32, it says, give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Now, those that taught me in the Lord have used this verse to describe three groups of people on the planet. They can be put into one of these three groups or the other. So on the planet Earth today, you've got people who are literally descendants of Abraham. You have the Jews. In the scripture, this is a New Testament scripture. He says, give none offense, neither to the Jews. There's a second group on the planet called the Gentiles. The scripture calls them Gentiles. <laughs> you know, if you were to call your co-worker, man, you Gentile, they might think you're saying something bad about them. <laughs> you know, we don't, again, that word's not understood. And maybe uh, people don't understand it. But again, there's three groups in the earth, the Jews, according to the Bible, the Gentiles. And that's people who do not worship the true God. But then there's a third group called the church or the church of God. Now, obviously, those are people who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And by right, worship the true God, different in the sense than the Jew. Um, turn with me also now. Well, before we do that, um, so now notice, there's three groups of people on the planet. The Jews, they have a covenant with God uh, beyond their, their natural descent. What makes them unique is that God made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. They have a covenant. Another way to think of a Gentile is as an individual with no covenant with God. And the reason why I say that is because in the church, we have a covenant with God, watch this, through Jesus Christ. We just took Holy Communion on this past Sunday. We drank the cup of the covenant. Jesus said it. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. New covenant with who? God made a covenant with you and I through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. I am a covenant keeper. Now, before we move on, let's look at one more verse. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. I hope this blesses you <clears throat> because it's giving you understanding. Because the scripture foreseen that God would justify a group called the Gentiles through faith, through faith, foreseen and, and so forth and so on. So now notice in Ephesians 2.11, he says, therefore, remember that you, somebody say that means me. He says, therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh 
who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We know that's Jacob and his descendants and strangers from the covenants of promise. We looked at that in covenant keeper series, having no hope and you were without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off once have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Man, I feel like I just said a mouthful. (laughs) This is so good. According to this verse, before we got saved, we were the Gentiles. And according to this verse, and maybe you're watching online right now and you're not born again, you haven't entered into relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord, then you are, no matter, you know, where you were born and your quote unquote ancestry, you are a Gentile. You were in the flesh called by those who were the circumcision, uncircumcision, just like David. Y'all remember David when he went up against that Philistine. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That Philistine, the the whole group on the planet is considered Gentile if they don't have a covenant with God. And in their covenant, they were to circumcise the foreskin uh, uh, in, in that regard. He says, you were once Gentile. So that means before I got saved, I used to be a Gentile. Uh, I was without Christ and I was a stranger from a covenant with God. I was without God in this world. Glory to God. But now, verse 13, I'm in Christ Jesus. I have a covenant with God. I'm no more a stranger and no longer am I a Gentile. Now go back with me to Galatians chapter three and verse number eight. You know, sometimes when I'm preaching, I I just really want to shout and be excited about every single thing. Um, But. I know it's so important sometimes for me to slow down and make sure you're getting this so you can see how the scripture applies to your life. So let's look at it one more time in Galatians chapter three and verse number eight. He says, and the scripture foreseeing that God would do something. The scripture foreseeing that God would do something. What would he do? He would justify the Gentiles by faith. Now let's deal with that part. Now, how were the justi- uh, how were the Gentiles justified? They were justified by faith. Now I submit to you, when I was studying this today, I kept replacing the simple word faith in context with the hearing of faith. So that they which are of the hearing of faith If you've put yourself in position of hearing faith, then the same are the children of Israel, right? And so the same verse here, he says, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles. I want to add, how does God justify the Gentiles? He does it by the hearing of faith. In in Romans chapter 10 and verse number eight, it says this. But what does it say? The word is nigh thee, 
or near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. So now notice what we preach is a word of faith. And when we preach a word of faith, people hear faith, particularly at Faith Family Church. We preach faith. Amen. It's in every message in one way or another. So that means you are hearing faith. And notice what happens as a result. Um, you are justified as a result of what you hear. Um, I put it in my notes. And I actually don't see it. So let me make sure that I didn't miss it. Yeah, okay. Write this down and put this in the comments. What does it mean to justify? <laughs> uh, always laugh because uh, on one of the channels, in the cable channel, there was a, uh, a series, TV series, drama series called Justified about a country and country folks in a holler in Kentucky. Anyway, it was real funny. Like, it was just weird, basically. But what does it mean to be justified? I looked it up in Vine's Expository Dictionary. Maybe somebody could put it in the comments. The word justify means to declare to be righteous. To declare to be righteous. To pronounce righteous. So the scripture foreseen that God would justify the Gentiles. We know we were the Gentiles according to the scripture. There's three groups in the earth, the Jews, the Gentiles, and the church. Well, if you're in the church, you used to be a Gentile, right? Uh, or you're a Jew. And you could be a Jew in the church, or you could just be a Jew, right? But before you were in the church, you were Gentiles. Well, the Bible says that God would justify the Gentiles by the hearing of faith. What does it mean to be justified? It means to be declared righteous, not that you are righteous. Scripture tells us clearly. There's none righteous, no, not one, and that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. But what God did through Jesus was declared that we were righteous. He pronounced us that we were righteous by the hearing of faith, the same way it happened with Abraham. Abraham heard God's words. He was persuaded by God's words. Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. In other words, God justified Abraham, not because he was a perfect guy. We know he wasn't a perfect guy. He had problems. He had troubles. He did things that he wasn't supposed to do. But because he heard faith and believed God, God pronounced him righteous. That means that uh, it it gave God the ability to do for Abraham like he did for Adam. Whew, I don't know if, man, that's powerful. Okay, we'll get back to that. Okay, so now let's keep going. Verse nine, we're making progress. <laughs> Woo, man, we get into some really deep stuff here at Faith Family Church. And I know you're blessed as a result of it. I know I am. Verse nine. So then, what are you saying? 
He says all of this. So then those who are of the hearing of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Say out loud, I am blessed with Abraham's blessing. Come on, say it out loud. I am blessed with Abraham's blessing. One last time, I am blessed with Abraham's blessing. You see, if you are those who are of the hearing of faith, then this scripture declares that you are blessed with Abraham's blessing. So if if you really want to know the sum total of what Galatians chapter 3 is trying to deposit in your spirit, he's trying to communicate how it is that we have the same blessing that God released upon Abraham, even though we weren't born from Abraham per se. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, it says this. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we, the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, might receive the promise of the Spirit through the hearing of faith. (laughs) If this doesn't make you want to run around, I see you, Pastor Egerton. Glory to God. If this doesn't make you want to run around, I don't know what does. So now when we read chapter 3 and verse number 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, as it is written, cursed that he the hang upon the tree. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of law, having become a curse for us, so that, say it out loud, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, those that were without God and without a covenant, that are now in Christ Jesus, that we might receive this blessing Through, how do you receive the blessing? You receive it through the hearing of faith, not just faith. Again, if you go back in context, he's talking about the hearing of faith every time he uses faith in this particular passage. He did, Abraham did what he did, or excuse me, Jesus did what he did so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. Now, let's, let's go a little further. we got 10 more minutes. Now, I, you know, I appeal to you, if you are listening to me while you're driving, if you got other things going, this might be a little bit confusing to you. But if you're sitting in front of your television or in, with your phone, and, and as best you can, you're looking at these scriptures or listening intently, God is saying something very powerful to us tonight. And I I encourage you to give an ear to hear it. Amen. Uh, Pay attention to it. Now, as I was studying, as we take another step forward, kind of put that part behind us. 
He says something here that's actually a little bit disturbing in verse 14. Jesus did what he did so that the blessing of Abraham might, might come upon the Gentiles. And we get excited about the Gentile part because we know that. But he uses the word might. Uh, Might means that it's not automatic, that it may happen or it may not. And you know what? Uh, This, uh, I saw Sister Velson, this may explain why so many people in the church, in the body of Christ, that that, that we're kind of all over the place. You know, we're not as anchored in or walking in the manifestation of this blessing as we should. Notice he uses the word might. That means that it's not automatic. When I saw that, immediately it jumped out at me today, and I was reminded of John chapter 10, verse 10. Look at that. In John 10, 10, it says, The thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and destroy. We know that. But I am come that they might have it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. Let's go back and read it over again. The thief comes not before to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that. But slow down. Jesus says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. You see, the abundant life is a promise, but it's not automatic. And just because you give your life to Jesus does not mean that you're going to live life to the full until it overflows. Something else, some other things need to happen in order for what Jesus came to do to reach its fruition in your lives, its fulfillment in your life. Listen to it again. He said, I came that they might have life. That means they might not have it. And that they might have it more abundantly. They might be alive, but in a coma. They might be alive, but in, you know, uh, on a ventilation machine. They might be alive, but not really living. Somebody say might. So what does this mean? Might means that you've got to do what he did in order to get what he got. (laughs) Let's go back. He says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming the curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Abraham walked in the blessing of the Lord. Jesus came so that Abraham's blessing might. So how do we get Abraham's blessing manifested in our lives? We've got to do what Abraham did in order to get what Abraham got. What did he do? He heard the hearing of faith. He believed God. He did what God told him to do, and God did what he promised. That means there might be a lot of us in the body of Christ. And... uh, we're, we're, we're not of the hearing of faith. We're not persuaded by what we've been hearing. And as a result, we're not, we're not doing the same things that, that Abraham did. Um, we're, we're, we're not tithing uh, like Abraham did. Abraham, you know, God didn't command him to tithe. 
he, he volunteered to do that. And, and I'll, don't shut down on me now because I'm preaching good. We studied, we studied Jacob. And he was absolutely convinced that God's my source. I can give you a tenth of everything I get, and I'm not going to run short. And he, and, he, and he did it. So if we want the blessing, if we value this blessing, we're going to do what they did in order to get what they got. Say it out loud and say it boldly. Abraham's blessing is mine. As I get ready to wrap up, actually, I've got five minutes. I want to I be able to finish this message and then we'll pick up next week. I'm wondering if I have time. Well, uh, how many of you all would give me five minutes? Just give me five extra minutes. Let me turn the slow music off so you don't disconnect. Um, let's see who, who's going to put in the comments that I can get five minutes. Just give me five extra minutes. Amen. Good to see you. <laughs> Amen. Hey, Sister Tammy. Bless you. And uh, Sister Sherry's on. Um, I'm going to just take five minutes of your time, if, if you all don't mind. The last thing I, I want to minister to you is that it's Abraham's blessing. That the blessing that we're referring to is Abraham's blessing. Look at verse 29 in Galatians 3. <laughs> he said, I'll give you 24 hours. You know, in the in, in Jesus' day, they would stay in meetings for days. That's how they ended up feeding the 5,000 because the, the people were listening to Jesus. They valued, you know, this blessed opportunity of having Jesus speak good over their lives. They're out there for days. And, and he said, well, where can they get something to eat? And that's how the miracle ended up happening. So thank you all for, for giving me a little extra time. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, it says, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What promise? The promise of the blessing. The promise that if you do what God tells you to do, then he will bless you. He will say something good over you that will enable you to succeed. The last thought that we want to share is that it's Abraham's blessing. Did you notice that Galatians 3 is specifically referring to Abraham's blessing? Did you notice that it's not Adam's blessing? Did you notice that it's not Noah's blessing? It's not even Jesus's blessing. Jesus came so that the blessing of Abraham. So again, as we get ready to close out this first part of this series, I want to solidify it in your heart or by the Holy Spirit. I want you to solidify it in your heart that you are a child of Abraham because of what Jesus did. And the same way that Abraham heard faith and believed and acted accordingly and was blessed that it is so in your life, that you're not one of the might nots, but that you are the one of the mights. Amen. In Genesis chapter one, we see Adam's blessing. 
Galatians 3 is not talking about Adam's blessing. We know that verse 28, it says that God blessed Adam and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over all that moves on the earth. But that's Adam's blessing. Somebody say that's Adam's blessing. So we're not functioning in Adam's blessing. We're not even functioning in Noah's blessing. We know that the earth was destroyed because of the wickedness of men that flooded the earth. And, and God appeared to uh, Noah. And listen to what he said in Genesis chapter 9 and verse 1. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That is a blessing. It's just the same exact words that God spoke to Adam. But we're not under we're not under Adam's blessing. We're not under Noah's blessing. We're under Abraham's blessing. I thought this was powerful. You all remember in Genesis chapter 28 when Isaac is sending Jacob away to his uncles to uh, get married, Isaac pronounced a blessing over Jacob. Listen to what he said. He said, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may be in an assembly of peoples and may God give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you that they may inherit the land which you are a stranger which God gave to Abraham. Man, when I saw that this afternoon, it just warmed my heart. It confirmed what I believe the Holy Spirit's trying to get across to us tonight. Abraham's blessing, not Adam, not Noah. This is not just some random blessing. You and I are blessed with Abraham's blessing. That's exactly what Galatians 3 is teaching us. Say it out loud, Abraham's blessing. Come on, mean it with your heart. Abraham's blessing is mine. What I like about Genesis 28 is that he said, be fruitful, multiply. So essentially the same thing that God said to Adam, the same thing that God said to Noah, he said through Isaac to Jacob in the blessing of Abraham to be fruitful and to multiply. We recently learned that the blessing of the law, the Old Testament, Genesis through Deuteronomy, is the blessing of Abraham. In other words, that the blessing in Deuteronomy 28, which we recently studied, is the blessing of Abraham. I close with Genesis 35, 9 through 12. This is when God himself appeared to Jacob. Listen to what God says. This will fire you up. I don't know if you'll be able to go right to sleep. Verse 9 says, then God appeared to Jacob. How many of y'all really enjoyed the study of Jacob's ladder? God appeared to Jacob again when he had came from Pananaram and blessed him. And God said to him, remember, when God blesses, anytime something is blessed, you, you, you bless with words. God appeared to Jacob and blessed him and said to him, listen to this. Your name is Jacob. You shall know uh, your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel shall be your name. And he, uh, so he called his name Israel. Also, God said to him, listen to this. 
I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation, a company of nations shall proceed from you and kings shall come from your body. The land in which I gave Abraham, I give to you and your descendants after you in this land. Hallelujah to Jesus. What am I excited about? I'm excited about be fruitful and multiply. Simply through the word of God tonight, I just wanted to show you that Abraham's blessing is yours. Yes, the blessing of God upon Adam was good. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And yes, what he said to Noah is outstanding. He said, he blessed him and said, be fruitful and multiply. But we don't have Adam's blessing. We don't have Noah's blessing. We have Abraham's blessing, but nothing is lacking. God says to us, be fruitful and multiply and become a great nation. Well, I hope you all got something good out of this tonight. <clears throat> I tell you, um, I'm about to pronounce a blessing upon you as we go. And immediately what's quickened in my heart Every time we end a service at Faith Family, I'm going to speak this blessing for you and I to be fruitful and multiply. Can you see it, Faith Family? Every Sunday we speak over our brothers and sisters in the Lord and we declare them to be fruitful, be fruitful in their life, be fruitful in their jobs, be fruitful in every way. And not only that, to multiply. I can see Faith Family Church multiplying. I'm not talking about being added to daily, but hundreds upon hundreds and then thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands being multiplied to Faith Family because of the blessing of Abraham. Amen. <laughs> Hold up one hand before heaven as I speak this blessing upon your life. May the Lord bless you indeed. May he enlarge your territory. May he keep you from evil and that you not cause pain. May the hand of the Lord be toward you and not against you. I say over you, be fruitful, be multiplied with the blessing of Abraham in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for being a part of this service tonight. We'll see you next time.